I'm just going to just talk about the juice cleanse real quick. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to stay on it because I think most people know how I feel about this, but is not eating any food for a period of time good for my body? Now people say this is your like guts cleansing. You're giving your metabolism a break. Guys, your metabolism doesn't need a break. That's what it's designed to do. I'd be like, it doesn't want a break. Hey heart, do you want to take a break today and stop yes. beating? Like that's not how that works. <laughs> no, brain, do you want to shut off today? Dude, just take a break. No, you would die. So like your organs don't want a break from their primary function. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Welcome back. So happy to have you again. We have an awesome topic today, and oh, my, I have a cold. <laughs> I was going to say you sound a little oh. bit like, Ugh. oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's cold season in New England, but you are escaping the cold. Oh, actually, you know what? I just, I talked about that on our live this week because everyone was, we're going to do an episode on if you should go to the gym when you're sick, but not today. But I have escaped the colds, the you flu. You're so lucky. Don't sit that close to me. I know. It's you're apple so cider lucky. vinegar. It is. Yeah. It's, it, it's a wonder, wonder drug. And lemon. All the lemons. So many lemons. (laughs) And water. You just got to like – I like sometimes I think – I think about this during the day. I'm like, if I caught something, if I drink enough water, I'm just going to pee it right out today. (laughs) (laughs) Pee out the sickness. It's got to (laughs) go. But you are entering warm weather pretty soon. Um, We're Mm. recording a little bit ahead, but if you did not know, Kelsey has been invited among the most elite athletes in the world to compete at Wadpalooza in Miami this upcoming week. So we could not be more excited for her. I used like Freaking out. Like, <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. Oh I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm definitely freaking out a little bit this week. Honestly, I thought I would be a lot more nervous. I mean, the closer it gets, I might get even more nervous. But I thought I would be more nervous than I am right now because I just feel like, you know, a lot of people, when you start to get closer and closer to a competition, they're like, well, you got to get everything. And it's like, mm, the work is done. The work is done. You know, like the Isn't work has been nice done all year. Have. Yeah. yeah. Like I've been working hard all year. Like it's not within the next week, like, and then there's going to be these magic things. No. Nope. And swimming, you know, when you, it, it's a nice like confidence to feel like I've been swimming all year. I'm going to try not to drown. I don't know. We don't get to practice here. When you live in New England and there's an open water swim, like, I don't know what the temperature of the waters are here, but it's not swimmable. (laughs) So if you don't know what Wadpalooza is, it is a massive fitness competition in Miami um, that is actually a games, a CrossFit Games qualifier this year for the first time. And also it's, it's absolutely for the most elite athletes in the world. And their one constant every year is they do have an open water swim. So for us Massachusetts gals, yeah, not too much swimming in the ocean typically happens because it's 
I mean, even in the summer. Even it's in like the summer. If you could do it degrees. in <laughs> August, you're like, no. Hell no. Hell no. And our, we have dark water yeah. and that's scary. Yeah, I think the open water swim is is a major stressor for a lot of athletes, but you have been swimming. You are ready. You are prepared. Crush it. You going to Miami, bitch? <laughs> I'm in I'm Miami, Miami, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. 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 You did it. <laughs> Crushing goals. So anyways, we couldn't be happier to have you here today. Um, this is a very important topic that we're going to discuss today is the psychology behind diets because as the new year has come and gone, actually, we chose this topic because today, yeah, this day, which we're recording on the 11th. The 11th um, of January. This is actually the day statistically that most people fall off or quit their New Year's, New Year's resolution. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about all – not all of the topics, but the majority of topics that we talk about, there are statistics behind it. So, you know, these aren't the first diets anyone's ever – chosen, you're not the first New Year's resolutioners to give up on your diets, all of those things. This has happened. So we know that today is the day that most people... Which is upsetting because it's only the 11th. I know. <laughs> and it's like, it sort of is... You when know, we saw this statistic, I we when we sat down and talked about it, I was like, really? It's today? Yeah. You, you would think that it would last a little bit longer, but honestly, what we're going to highlight in this episode today is it's not surprising to me that it doesn't last longer at all. It's yeah. I'm not surprised that it's the 11th because when we look at the psychology behind a diet, it is so obvious why it fails and why it fails fairly quickly mm-hmm. um, because it is just not a sustainable – I mean – Way of life. No, it's, I mean it. it's working against – your human nature. It really is. And there's so only you, so long you can work against yeah. the way you're designed. So Yeah, the way we're all designed. So if you pick a diet that works against what your human nature is, we're going to look at like, is it going to fail? Yes. <laughs> Why does it fail? Let's talk about it. Well, you know what's the most upsetting thing to me too is a, a lot of people today on the 11th that are, you know, falling off of their diets or are quitting their their New Year's resolution diets, they're going to leave today feeling like a failure. Their their self-esteem today is going to be at an all-time low because they're going to look at the calendar and they're going to be like, look at what an, an unbelievable failure I am. I didn't even make it past the 11th of January. Like it's, it just, it really tanks your self-esteem and how you think about, you know, your accomplishments when you sort of can't even – you feel like I can't even stick to something for even a month. I mean, but when we look at this, we what we want to change with this episode is we don't ever want you to ever feel like a failure again. It is so counterproductive to feel like you're the reason that the diet didn't work because you're not. Yeah. You're not the reason. Yeah. We aren't the problem. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? <laughs> the diet's the problem. The diet is the problem. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to really educate a lot of our listeners about the diet. If they have chosen one, if they haven't chosen one, if you're working your way through your New Year's resolutions, if you're adjusting your New Year's resolution a little bit, um, because I know that sometimes for a lot of people that happens halfway through January, you're like, well, I set out with this one thing, but I don't think that's going to happen. And maybe I need to adjust a little bit. And we're happy to hear that and like happy happy to help adjust with you because if you were like, um, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh man, that was, that was me and I had chosen a diet and I'm I'm like still kind of sticking to it or maybe you've already given up on it. 
we're not going to leave you with nothing. No, definitely not. <laughs> we're not going to leave you with nothing. So talking about the psychology of a diet or of diets in general is first starting with 90% of diets fail. That is statistically proven. Okay. That is not, that's not our opinion. Nope. That is statistically proven. I've and actually seen that statistic as high as 95%. Oh yeah. 95% of all people who go on a diet will gain the weight they lost back and then some within the next five years. Mm-hmm. So yikes. Yeah. So thinking about that, having that in mind and saying like, okay, so what can we do to change this? First, we have to look at diets focus on kind of a numbers game, right? Like the majority of diets, I mean, the ones you can look at all different kinds, but you can look at calories in versus calories out. You can look at your number of carbs versus your number of fats. You can look at um, like your carb intake versus your fat intake. You can look at your meat intake or your veggie intake. We're, we're, we're trying to break down every one of the diets. The commonality there is that they giving up anything, a compl- like a, a complete food group, is not sustainable long term. And we're also looking at, you know, we can make carbs the enemy, fat the enemy, whatever it is. Statistically, those two are the exact same thing as well. Yeah. So when we talk about like which diet is the best, because that's, I mean, you know, everybody's always looking for the answers. We are always all together looking for the answers on how do I eat to maintain the healthiest body that I possibly can? And it's always argued, you know, low low fat, low carb, but what, like Kelsey said, when you put those two diets up against each other in a blind test, the results are the same. The results are the same. You can lose weight cutting carbs. You can lose weight cutting fat. But 95% but- <laughs> of those people yeah. are going to gain that weight back. Mm-hmm. So that's where – I don't think it's so important on like which is the thing we need to cut out. Yeah. What we need to look at is why are people not being able to sustain their weight loss? Yeah, and, and stop the arguing on the diets I think is, is the biggest is the biggest thing. is If you have found that like lowering carbs works for you and you're saying like this is the way, this is the way, or lowering fat has worked for me once, so this is the way. It's the fitness industry is arguing with each other on which one is superior when the answer is neither. Right. So stop. We we need to stop arguing about it. Neither is superior. That they all they all yield the same results, which is they <laughs> they don't last yes. for ninety five percent of people. Now there are that that statistically unique five percent of people that are able to sustain. You know when they set out on a diet, but if you look at it, you know it's. It's actually, these statistics would not be acceptable in anything else. Like if you said, I sell, you know, I sell cars. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait a minute. Hold on. No, but if you sell cars and you say like 95% of the time this car dies in five years, like no one would buy that car from you. Yeah. Like it doesn't work no matter where else you put it. But in the diet industry, for some reason, this continues to perpetuate. I've been on diets. Yeah. Have you been on diets? Absolutely. I, we've all been on diets. You know what the sad, the, I don't want to say one of the saddest things, but one of the saddest things I think when I think about diets is just that the lifetime of us being on them. You know, you think about just 
14, 15 years old. Like I know for me, and I just thought of this right now, I know for me in high school, I went on a water pill to lose water oh weight my God, that's before heartbreaking. prom. And it wasn't me. It was several of my friends. It wasn't me. It was several of my friends with me had gone on the same thing. And I was thinking back and I'm thinking that's that's in, I know in when I was a sophomore, I was on diet back then. What am I, 15 years old? Like these are crazy. So if you think about how, how many years have we been on diets and like cycling through this vicious cycle of I hate my body, I love my body, I hate my body, I love my body, I'm deprived we got to stop this cycle. Yeah. And it's really, I think the key to, to stopping the cycle is to make a change that you can absolutely maintain for the rest of your life. And, you know, water pills, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cutting carbs, isn't it? (laughs) I know for some, um, when we look at some of the diets and I think about just when I break it down and I say, oh, so no carbs, no chocolate, no beer. This isn't for me. <laughs> I, I like, look at him. I'm like, for the rest of my life, I can't have like, any of those forever? things. Like forever? That, that doesn't sound like a life I want to live. You know what I was thinking about the other day? And this is like, uh, this like woke me up in the middle of the night because it was, it just rang so true to me. Fad diets to me are like the John Mayer of celebrity dating. Like, you know, okay, stay with me. Stay with me. Hold on. I'm going to explain. Okay. So John Mayer, do you know about his like- (laughs) About his dating life? So, okay. Every woman- Your body is wonderful. Oh my God. He is the master of like dating the most beautiful, successful celebrity women in the world. He's gone with- T. Swift, T. Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kim Kardashian, Cameron Diaz. Like, name it. He's been there. You name a beautiful celebrity woman, and most likely John Mayer has dated them. Now, what do all of these Jessica women? Jessica Simpson. So, oh, Jessica Simpson. Yeah, that's right. can't forget I know, I Jessica Simpson. I love her. I love her. Um, but this is the thing. All these, uh, all these. What do all these women have in common? Nobody married John Mayer. <laughs> Did you know that like he just he's a celebrity dater like he yeah. just keeps on going through all of these amazing women and I'm sure there's a lot of like because he's playing his guitar to them in the bath dude with these some candles your body is wonderland. I mean who wouldn't love <laughs> with, that yeah, right for but at the end of the day yeah it's sort of short lived because something about John Mayer isn't sustainable. Maybe he doesn't do the laundry. Maybe he doesn't go grocery shopping. No. I don't know what yeah. it is. But the fact is, is it's it's a little while. And this is what fad diets are for me. It's a little while. It's awesome while Probably it's going rocks on. Probably while it's happening. Oh, yeah. my God. Because, like, don't, John don't tell me. John your world. I'm, t- I'm saying. If yeah. he was, like, playing this hard naked for me, like, that would be all <laughs> kinds of awesome. But the thing is, is, like, you're he's seeing not going to go grocery success, shopping. But he's not going to go grocery shopping. So you're seeing all the success on the fad diet, but it's it's never going to last. You're it's not going to marry it. You're not going to marry that fad diet. You aren't. Just like you're not going to marry John Mayer. <laughs> Poor John. I hope John Mayer listens to You know what, John Mayer? We lo- we, listen, your songs are amazing. Clearly the women are head over heels for you, but something about you isn't marriage material. But Yeah, maybe you got to put the socks in the dirty hamper. Yeah, like pick up your, your wet <laughs> towels and because woman after woman has proven that no one's gonna marry you so diet after diet over the years you know a new one comes out it's the hot one right then it goes away 
Then another one comes out. No, no, this is, this is it. This is it. This is the diet. Then it goes away or it changes its name. But what's the commonality in all these diets? Because what, what, I mean, you said it before, what, if a diet worked, wouldn't it just be the way we ate? It would just be the way we ate. It wouldn't be a diet. It wouldn't change its name, marketing, whatever it is, and come out with a new one. (laughs) It would just be the way that we ate. But these same things, I mean, look at the diets. They literally just change their name, come out with some new marketing, and they're like, hey, guys, we fixed it. Or not even. They just try and fool you and th- think it's the hottest new thing. This is the thing. This is the new thing. And Do it, this and you'll lose all the weight. Except we know that in the United States and around the world, the obesity rate continues to rise. So if you found the thing that works, that would go down. That's the key. And so that's where fad diets are always going to fail. And I personally know, you know, I've been on diets before. I absolutely have cycled on these. My thing, you know what my thing was? My thing was the cheat days. Like what I would do is I would be on this diet all week and it would be like the most horrible bland. Like I, so I would prep all my food on Sundays and it would be like, like plain chicken breast and broccoli right? Mm -hmm. So it's steamed broccoli. So I would, then I would like put them in all these containers and everywhere I'd go, I'd be like Tupperware girl. And I'd be like, okay, you know, everybody's having fun or whatever. And I'm sitting in the corner with my Tupperware, with my plain chicken breast and my broccoli. And that would be... Where's all this fun people are having on lunch breaks? Well, that's true, actually. (laughs) Was it like a party every day? You know what? It just sort of rang to me like I was... Like they were all having a party because they were all actually eating food and I was eating like the most disgusting. They were having a party just because they were not eating (laughs) boiled chicken breast and plain broccoli. But like this is the thing. That would be my Monday through Friday, right? And then on the weekends, I'd be like, my cheat day is Saturday. So all week... I would plan all the disgusting foods that I was going to eat on Saturday. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to eat a pizza. Then after my pizza, I'm going to eat ice cream. I'm going to eat the whole gallon. And then after I eat that, I'm going to just rest a little while till I have some nachos. Like it was like I would sit there and literally – you have to get it all in. Oh, you have to get it all in on that day. That was yeah. my mentality of the cheat day. And so like – I also would, wondering why you know, the foods that you were prepped were gross. It's like that. If you don't like kale, don't eat kale. But that's, <laughs> like, that was you my You don't like mentality. boiled chicken. If throw I out the boiled chicken. It, I know, but if I liked it, it seemed like it wasn't healthy. I know. You know what? Which is weird. That's, that's a great point. That's so weird to me. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's a constant in all diets. Like if you're enjoying your food, then you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, the more plain, the more bland, less calories, whatever. And then I'd sit there and dream about my cheat days and I would have the cheat day, right? And I would get wicked sick. Yeah. And then I'd start over on Monday. I'd feel wicked awful about myself. I'd feel mm-hmm. horrible and, you know, all this guilt. I wouldn't be able to work out the next day because I'd be, like, burping up, like, the most disgusting. <laughs> Nachos because you had it three times the day before. I'm saying I eat a gallon of ice cream and yeah. I'm like, okay, this is not good for my digestive system. Yeah. And so I was on that, like, okay – I'm going to starve all week, dream about the foods that I want, then eat them all, and then go back on Monday to like starving all week and being miserable. And you know what? 
why that is the most, <laughs> why I look back on it as the most horrible thing is because I was missing my life. Like Monday through Friday, I was considering like not to get do my through. life. Like just yeah. get through every day. What a horrible way to live. Like I hated everything I was eating. It made me cranky. I was in a caloric deficit. So I was extremely low on energy. And like, I was just like, just make it, just make it till Saturday when you can binge on disgusting food. Like is that a way to live? That sounds crazy. When I think about it now, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it then, but I w- that to me sounds so sad. Mm-hmm. So I just, for me, that was the mentality that I, I really want to sort of break and the science behind why diets don't work. Well, that's the wagon mentality, the wagon. right? Mm. So that's, that's when we start to hear everyone say, well, I fell off the wagon. It ran over me three times and now I need to get back on. And it's like, there, there is no wagon. There's no mythical wagon that you need to stay on. There is no spoon. There is no spoon. <laughs> We're breaking that. This is the matrix. This is the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> one meal doesn't outdo all of your progress. And one workout doesn't give you a six pack. It's all about what you do long term for long term results. What are those changes you can make daily to live a better, happier, healthier life. I love that point. I love that point about the wagon. I think that it's just such a common theme that we see mm-hmm. all the time. I've I've given up all of my efforts because of one bad meal. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't no that that's doesn't not how that works. That doesn't equal out because that meal, the holidays, whatever it is, didn't set you back anywhere. What so? This is a great, the great intro to Wadapalooza. One workout from now until when I leave is not going to make me astronomically fitter to perform better at Wadapalooza. What I did all year prepared me for what's going to happen. The same thing with your, with your lifestyle and with your diets. What you do all year, what you do every day is going to determine the life that you live. That's what counts. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. We crushed it on that intro. I didn't even realize we were going to do that. We came full circle. How you do everything. Well, it's true. It's true. How you do anything is how you do everything. We say that all the time here. And that that applies to work out here at CBG. You know, if you're going to do anything, you have to do it right. Do it a hundred. Do it a hundred. You know how I like to think of the wagon is instead of the wagon being something that you fall on and fall off, the wagon doesn't work like that. Instead, it goes forwards or it doesn't. So like you're always on it because falling off the wagon means you die. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I mean you're, you're not life. you're not this is your life. You your don't like life. put your your life on hold and start eating like complete shit and yeah. then oh I'm going I'm okay, unpause life. Now I'm healthy life. It yeah. doesn't work like that. You're living every day. So what you're doing every day with your food choices, with your exercise choices, whatever, you're either moving forward towards your goals or you're not. So I think that that is a really important point to think about what choices we're making instead of the I can't, because that's the other thing where we've seen time and time again with the psychology of diets of um, that you, they, they create restrictions, right? And everybody thinks that is sort of the more restrictions you have, the more successful you'll be. Well, I'm cutting all refined carbs, every bit of sugar, caffeine, like there's like nothing left. There's like a tiny list of, but here's the thing. The psychology of can'ts is this, and this is just human nature. When someone tells you you can't have something, the human brain craves it more. That's a fact. Absolutely. 
I mean, look, you can watch that. The old boyfriend example is just – it just can be used all over the place. Tell me I can't have John Mayer because I'm going to go and get John I'm going to go get John Mayer now <laughs> because he's on the can't list because that is human nature. So if you're – if any diet is working against your human nature, hmm. It's not We, ha- we have to start with thinking about that. Right. We have to start with – oh, I remember what I was going to say before because I had lost my train of thought. Moving – closer towards your goals or moving away from your goals, like let's not forget where you've come from. So every time we start a new diet, sometimes we forget what we've learned so far, which I think is the biggest mistake we make together. And I think the biggest mistake we make at or the training as trainers, community coaches, is that we don't ask enough about your history. I agree. What you know, what diets have you tried? What has gone well? What hasn't gone so well? So you know, guys, you know what your body has been through so far. And even if it hasn't worked, you've learned some things along the way. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So don't, we, we don't, we don't want to erase your mind. This isn't men in black. We're not going to erase all the experiences that you've already have. Because if we're going to figure out what works, we have to know what hasn't worked. And you know what? I think that's really an important point that you hit on because we are all so unique and our bodies run in such a unique way that what works for one person, and what I mean by works is what is a sustainable lifestyle for one person is not a sustainable lifestyle for another person. Do you know what I mean? And I've had to learn. I've had to do a lot of trial and error to figure out how do I have the most energy throughout the day. How is my best sleep quality? What is my best performance in the gym? And honestly, and I know a lot of people ask what I eat all the time. Honestly, that is going to be very different for people. How is it, how do I get the leanest that I, that I can sustain or that is functional for me for what I need to do is not going to be the same as what Rachel needs, or it's not going to be the same as what one of my clients need. It's just, it doesn't work like that because your body is different. Your needs are different and we need to figure out what it is. It's going to, what is going to work for you and your body might react differently. Some people have varying reactions to like carbohydrates or gluten allergies or dairy allergies. You know, people ask all the time, do you have dairy and see that I have alternatives for dairy? Because I can't digest <laughs> dairy. So it's not it's I not necessarily the enzymes. I lack the enzymes. So it's not necessarily a nutritional decision to not have dairy, although I would probably limit it anyway, but it's that I don't digest it well and that makes me feel sick. So if you have a food that makes you feel sick, we're going to limit that. Right. And that's the the thing about these one-size-fits-all fad diets where they just give you lists like these are the things you can have and these are the things you can't have. The The fact is that diet doesn't know you. He don't know you. He don't know you. And that's the thing is, you know, when you take a one-size-fits-all mentality to a, an extremely unique situation, which your body is so, so unique, that is never going to, those are square pegs in a round hole. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you know, and that's why you really have to have a customized plan that's based on, like you said, your past experiences with food and your current goals, where you want to be. You know, not everybody wants to be a 13% body fat. No. That's not where everybody wants to live. Nor should a lot of people live there. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. I would say the majority of people should not live there. Yeah. But, but this 
this is the thing is everything has to be so unique. And it isn't about this universal list of can'ts, which honestly, it just makes you want it more anyways. And it's not about willpower. And this is, I think... When I think about the things that make me angry about the lies in the diet industry, I think this is the the one that makes me the most angry is the mentality that if you can't stick to this unbelievable, difficult, restrictive- Their their base is on willpower. Their base, their whole entire thing is- Their whole diet is based on your willpower to adhere to whatever diet they're giving you. We see a lot of people really defensive of their diet. Like, you know, it worked. It worked for me. I lost 20 pounds. But ultimately, I suck. I lost my willpower. I fell off. And it was an awesome diet. It's self-blame. Yeah. It was an awesome diet, but I'm the problem. We're here to tell you that is not true. That is not true. And it had nothing to do with like what you need in your life and your lifestyle. And then you tried to adhere to it. And of course it failed. And it wasn't you that failed. It was the diet. If something works, it works forever or at least a long amount of time, you know. Yeah. So I think that that is – I just don't want people to feel like – they aren't adhering to the to the diet because it's their fault or it's their willpower that's lacking. That is not accurate. I think the important thing to remember about diets is that it's a multi-billion dollar industry. <laughs> Again, it's a fact. Multi-billion dollar industry. That's a B, billion. <laughs> billion, billion dollar industry. How do they make their money? They make their money on you coming back. So if you found a sustainable lifestyle, you wouldn't keep coming back to them. No, well, there's no more money to be made on someone who's found out how to eat for the rest of their life. Like, they're just going to eat like that. Yeah. (laughs) So they they count on this working for a short period of time, you seeing some short-term success. They're working against your human nature. So there's going to be some failure. There's going to be some setback. And then after those setbacks and you have that self-doubt and that guilt going on, then you come back and say, help me again. So then more money into the diet industry. Mm -hmm. Multi-billion dollar industry continues to grow steadily every year. Why does it continue to grow? Because people keep coming back. They count on you coming back. And their idea behind that is just that we're going to separate your mind from the rest of your body. And I think that's where we come back to the psychology behind diets is that the psychology <laughs> is working against the numbers. So you're they're going to give you this is your plan written out. These are how many calories you have to have. This is how many grams of carbs. This is you're cutting out fat. Whatever it is, whatever diet it is, is, is going to say, we're going to take your mind completely out of it and just say, you can't have this. We're not going to even look at the fact that the mind thinks about something that it can't have. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to say, your success is based on your willpower to adhere to the guidelines we're giving you. Now, we're not even going to think about what that does to your mind. Now, if you fall off, that's your fault. And isn't it a perfect setup for, for the diet industry that when when this inevitably comes to a halt and you stop you know, being able to make progress or, or, or you stop being able to adhere to the diet, that you blame yourself? Yeah. Because if you blamed them, that'd be a real problem for them. That would be a bad look. It, that would be, that a would bad be the most unpopular them. diet yeah. in the world. Everybody would be going back saying, you sold me a lemon. What is going on well, here? Well, I mean, some of them become extremely unpopular and then they rebrand and they're popular again. 
Oh, it's just <laughs> because they'll either you know kill people because they have <laughs> they have fed them bad information, Absolutely. you know, like then it's damaging to your body because it's not getting it, the nutrients that your body actually needs. Because the goal here is health, and what does health look like, guys? If any diet, if you're looking at a diet and the red flags are going off and saying, is this good for my health? Number one, is a is a juice cleanse. I'm just gonna just talk about the juice cleanse real quick. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna stay on it because I think most people know how I feel about this. But is not eating any food for a period of time good for my body? Now people say this is your like guts cleansing, you're giving your metabolism a break. Guys, your metabolism doesn't need a break. That's what it's designed to do. I'd be like, it doesn't want a break. Hey heart, do you want to take a break today and stop yes. beating? Like that's not how that works. <laughs> no, brain, do you want to shut off today? Do just take a break. No, you would die. So like your organs don't want a break from their primary function. Okay, do they does your stomach sometimes want a break from having to digest very difficult things? <laughs> yeah, but that's just that's just your body working once again. So you don't want to give your metabolism a break. Why would it need a break? Okay, so it's either working or it's slowing. So now you're gonna say slow, slow, slow down. But I want you to work faster because I'm gonna eventually give you food again. That's not how it works. You We're know, not training it to do what the function that we actually want it to do. And you're so right. And the baseline of this is this. If you look at a diet and you say, hmm, and even for a second you say, is that good for me? We cannot throw our basic logic out the window in thinking that we absolutely are not going to follow basic guidelines of nutrition. If a diet tells you to never eat a vegetable again, you need to take a hard look at what you're listening to. I mean, that's a reflection not on on the person, but that's just a reflection on how how we're really looking for the answer. I, and I I'm, agree. And I feel so I feel so sad sometimes because so many of us are looking for the answer and we're getting the wrong information and willing ears and motivated people are looking for a good answer and the things that they're getting back are bad answers. <laughs> it's like looking for the, it's like wanting to be really good at math and you're getting the wrong answers all the time and you're like, why am I not good at math? It's, you can't get good at math without the right answers. We so want not- so badly as a society to be healthier. We want to feel better. We want these things and it's like, that wrong information is holding us back from it's reaching all of, our, all of our dreams mm-hmm. and our goals and, and feeling well forever yes. for the rest of our lives. And, and I, Not having to rely on that diet for the rest of your life. Absolutely. It's so, so important to take the power away from the diet industry and telling you how your body should run best and actually learning learning how your body runs best in trial and error of, you know, when I eat a when I eat less bread, I see my performance enhance in the gym. I see my fat decrease um, in my midline. And like that kind of stuff that uniqueness to building a nutritional habit that works for you is really the diet forever. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. 
This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out constantlyvariedgear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.